0: It is now 530 in the morning Saturday morning here in the Middle East. Of course, shortly after 10 p.m. Eastern. We came on the air with this special report 9 p.m. Eastern back in the United States. The president addressing the country. And what you're looking at right now is some of the anti-aircraft fire. This is seen over Damascus tonight. These images just coming in shortly after these U.S. led airstrikes began in Syria. As we know tonight this was a joint effort with both Britain and France. Uh, Our strong allies. I do want to bring in our retired Colonel Stephen Ganyard, our military analyst, who's been watching this unfold with me all evening long. And, Steve, talk us through these images, the anti aircraft images. Uh, We did hear from General Dunford and Secretary uh, Mattis a short time ago saying they were aware that some of this activity did take place, but they couldn't elaborate on how much damage the Syrians were able to do.
1: Yeah. David, let me put these pictures in perspective for you. Um, When we say cruise missiles, that means they fly very, very low, like an airplane, not like a ballistic missile like we're seeing out of Korea. Very low, about 100 feet off the ground, and they fly to the target like an airplane, which these pictures you're seeing here. These are just people firing wildly in the air because you see them going way up in the air and, and they're not shooting at anything. They're making a good show of effort. It's, it's a bit of, uh, of, of bravery. But these have, this has nothing to do with, uh, with the uh, incoming missiles. And the Syrians had no chance to knock down any of these missiles.
0: Uh, Colonel Ganyard, I wanted to ask you about a tweet that just crossed now from uh, Russia in the USA. This is a statement by the ambassador Antonov uh, about these strikes saying a pre-designed scenario is being implemented. Again, we are being threatened. Uh, this is the Russian ambassador saying we warn that such actions will not be left without consequences. Steve, we know they had threatened earlier this week to perhaps retaliate to try to bring down one of these missiles. We haven't seen any evidence of that yet.
1: We haven't, David. And there was back channel communication going on between, as General Dunford said, between the Russians and the U.S. all week long, trying to minimize the, any uh, uh, possibility of Russian casualties. All of the Russian ships left the, the uh, port of TARDIS and all of their airplanes flew uh, away from their air bases. So there was really very little uh, that was going to happen here with the, with the Russians. I think the Russians ought to be really happy with what they saw tonight. Be- because, because uh, they could have had the opportunity to, uh, to down one of these missiles. They have two very sophisticated surface to air missile systems uh, up in the, uh, in the north protecting their air base and their, uh, their port there. Uh, and so uh, they could have brought down, technically brought down some of these missiles. But what I think happened is that the Russians turned off their radars, they turned off their missile systems, and there was a gentleman's agreement, we won't go after you as long as you let us hit Assad and take out what's left of his chemical weapons facilities.
0: And we heard from the Defense Secretary, we went to great lengths, he said, to avoid civilian or foreign casualties. When he said that, certainly uh, we all thought he was aiming that directly at the Russians who had warned that if any Russians were put in harm's way, that they would react. Uh, Colonel Ganyard, stick with us here. Our live coverage continues. We want to listen to Defense Secretary James Mattis, who addressed the American people just a short time ago as well. Let's listen.
2: The world knows the Syrian people have suffered terribly under the prolonged brutality of the Assad regime. On April 7th, the regime decided to again defy the norms of civilized people showing callous disregard for international law by using chemical weapons to murder women, children, and other innocents. We and our allies find these atrocities inexcusable. As our Commander-in-Chief, the President has the authority under Article II of the Constitution to use military force overseas to defend important United States national interest. The United States has vital national interest in averting a worsening catastrophe in Syria and specifically deterring the use and proliferation of chemical weapons. Last year, in response to a chemical weapons attack against civilians and to signal the regime to cease chemical weapons use, we targeted the military base from which the weapons were delivered. Earlier today, President Trump directed the U.S. military to conduct operations in consonance with our allies to destroy the Syrian regime's chemical weapons research, development, and production capabilities. Tonight, France, the United Kingdom, and the United States took decisive action to strike the Syrian chemical weapons infrastructure. Clearly, the Assad regime did not get the message last year this time our allies and we have struck harder. Together we have sent a clear message to Assad and his murderous lieutenants that they should not perpetrate another chemical weapons attack for which they will be held accountable. The 70 nations in the Defeat ISIS coalition remain committed to defeating ISIS in Syria. The strike tonight separately demonstrates international resolve To prevent chemical weapons from being used on anyone under any circumstance in contravention of international law. I want to emphasize that these strikes are directed at the Syrian regime. In conducting these strikes we have gone to great lengths to avoid civilian and foreign casualties. But it is a time for all civilized nations to urgently unite in ending the Syrian civil war by supporting the United Nations-backed Geneva Peace Process, In accordance with the Chemical Weapons Convention prohibiting the use of such weapons, we urge responsible <coughs> nations to condemn the Assad regime and to join us in our firm resolve to prevent chemical it. weapons
0: from being used again. I'm getting it. General Dunford will provide a military update. I'm Defense Secretary James Mattis at the Pentagon shortly after 10 o'clock Eastern back in the States. We are live from Beirut. I want to bring back in Colonel Ganyard to get people who are watching this live coverage tonight uh, sort of a, a bigger picture of what happened from uh, from the air and the sea. Can you talk us through uh, these precision strikes and, and how they were able to accomplish this the U.S. along with help from both Britain and France tonight.
1: Yeah David this was uh, this was uh, had to be carefully choreographed because you had three countries involved. You had three, if not four different kinds of weapon systems involved. They all fly at low altitude, and they all had to hit their targets within just a few minutes. And so a lot of this was deconfliction and being able to work with the Brits and and the French. Uh, So it was complex, but uh, they obviously did a great job. And it's important to note here that as far as we know, and I can't imagine the scenario, there were no US service personnel lives in danger. They never got close enough to those Russian uh, missile system or to any of the Syrian missile systems themselves. The other thing, David, I think that's interesting here is how proscribed the targets were. These were just chemical weapons types targets. So we heard earlier in the week that there might have been a debate within the White House that some people wanted to hit infrastructure to actually weaken the Assad regime, to do something that will really cripple Assad himself. And there were others who said, no, no, we're only going after chemicals. We know the French and the British said, no, we're only signing up for for chemical weapons. So in the end, this much smaller target set that did not go after Assad, really all it did was shout the same message that the U.S. shouted a year ago. It is not a new message. Let's see if Mr. Assad pays attention this time.
0: Well that's a really interesting point Colonel Ganyard because I took note in the last 24 hours reporting here from Beirut images that were coming in of Bashar al-Assad the Syrian president along with the Iranians uh, meeting in Syria smiles on their faces. This was after the chemical attack and before these precision airstrikes. And you had to wonder Colonel if the Syrians had uh, calculated that this might be a small price to pay uh, in the long run given the uh, the the headway that Bashar al-Assad has made in, in recent months.
1: David, you know, one of the sad things is that at, right after this chemical attack occurred, ISIS pulled out of the town of Duma, and the Syrian regime continues to consolidate its gains. Assad continues to get stronger. So what we did tonight really is not going to have any kind of, a, of, of an impact in the long-term playing out of the drama in Syria. Uh, and unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be the last time that uh, civilians, innocent civilians, will be attacked with chemical weapons in Syria.
0: Let me ask you about the risk, Colonel, before we move on here, the risk to any civilians on the ground in Syria. Any word tonight? You mentioned the three specific chemical weapons capabilities targets, the facilities on the ground, that they were specifically targeted. Was there a risk that civilians on the ground could be hurt, injured?
1: David, here's the other question. So remember, a year ago, part of the the, the compromise that we had with the Russians is that they would supervise the removal of all sarin gas out of Syria. Um, most of what we're seeing in terms of the intelligence report is the attack in Douma was done by chlorine gas. You can find chlorine anywhere. It's not illegal. It's illegal to use it against civilians, but it's not like sarin that requires special handling. So, you know, h- how do we prevent something that's as common from chlorine being used against civilians if there's no video there, if there's no news, if there's no NGOs to take the pictures of civilians suffering, there's no reason to say this won't happen again.
0: All right, Colonel Ganyard, stay with us as our coverage continues. I want to get back to our chief global affairs correspondent Martha Radice because it was just a year ago, Martha, you and I were, were on the air talking about uh, another precision airstrike at the time. It was the air strip. But then within days we saw aircraft aircraft Syrian aircraft then taking off from that strip uh, yet again. Uh, is there is there going to be concern that because of the nature of these targets this time that uh, perhaps they didn't denigrate the Syrian forces as much as perhaps they would have liked to.
3: Well, Secretary Mattis, one of the things he said tonight is that they used double the number of Tomahawk missiles or cruise missiles in this strike on these three separate facilities. That's not a whole lot of missiles. It might sound like a lot of missiles saying double the number, but there were 59 last year. So we've got about 118 this year. So whether that destruction is permanent or whether they can rebuild. Certainly the U.S. and its allies will keep an eye on these facilities. But you look at them. The first target, the scientific research center, a center for research and development. The second, a chemical weapons storage facility west of Holmes. Uh, The primary location of Syrian sarin and to Steve's point there uh, what about the chlorine and the third contained chemical weapons storage facilities and important command post. You wonder if there was any sort of Uh, lives lost in those facilities. It was obviously at four in the morning, uh, which is one of the reasons they probably waited until dark is because they hoped there were not people in there. But uh, Secretary Mattis also made the point again and again about civilian lives, Uh, mitigation risk of civilian casualties and minimize to the maximum degree civilian casualties. You know, we heard him talk about this just yesterday up on the Hill talking about what his greatest concern was. And he said, concern that we don't add any civilian deaths. We're trying to stop the murder of innocent people. But on a strategic level, it's how do we keep this from escalating out of control. Seems to me that Secretary Mattis uh, won this argument in many senses because it wasn't a broader strike. It wasn't against the infrastructure in Syria or, or any sort of command and control centers that would really hurt Assad. He went directly after these chemical weapons infrastructure facilities, chemical weapons capabilities. We heard the president say that, but again, they did not go after those airfields this time because I think they just thought they'd build them up again.
0: And Martha, a quick question before we go to break here and check in with the rest of our team: About How big of an influence do you think Secretary Mattis and uh, had on the president and his top national security team this week, we 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 saw sort of a change in that timeline initially presented by the president. The tweet warning of uh, of shining new missiles on the way, uh, then saying uh, before the American people that he'd have a decision within 24 to 48 hours. We know that then several days went by, and as you point out, it would appear that Secretary Mattis's strategy won out in the end.
3: Well, I I think President Bush, I President Trump rather greatly appreciates Secretary Mattis' input. He listens to him. He is very deliberate. He is very thoughtful. He will lay out many options, but he will also tell you what will happen if you pick that option. And I think one of Secretary Mattis' concerns was that there would be an overreaction in Syria. There would be an overreaction elsewhere. And what do we do next? I think people like Secretary Mattis, who is a retired four star Marine, are always looking for the answer to the question how does this end? What would happen next if we did X, Y, and Z? And I think this was what Secretary Mattis and General Dunford were most comfortable with, thought it would work the best, and targeting just those chemical facilities.